2: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
3: All right, good to have you with us. 303 on a Wednesday afternoon in the nation's capital and beyond. Michael Lombardi will join us in just a moment or two. Football Done Right is his new book. Setting the record straight on the coaches, players, and history of the NFL from a three-time Super Bowl winning executive. And all-around good media dude and good guy. We've uh, had the pleasure of, uh, you know, uh, hanging out. Uh, It's been a while uh, since I've seen him at FedEx Field, but we have had that pleasure a time or two. Uh, And I think uh, one time was with his son, if memory serves me correct. Um, And uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. But Michael Lombardi's been around the NFL for a long time, multi-time author. Uh, He had Belichick, you know, uh, do the foreword for his last book. Uh, And he's got Jim Nance, the foreword for this particular book. So uh, looking forward to that conversation. We'll get back to the calls just as soon as we can. We still have Casey Tuhill from after the win in the locker room the other day. Uh, So we still have that to do. We'll scratch uh, again, three up, three down. Uh, I told you about Rizzo's contract extension. Go listen to the whole interview on the Junkies. Uh, So we will take care of that from a Nationals perspective. But again, joining us right now is three-time Super Bowl winning executive and multi-time author, and this time a football done right, the great Mike Lombardi uh, with us here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app on the BetQL guest hotline, Michael. Great to talk to you. It's Chris Russell back here in D.C. Uh, how are you? I'm doing great, Chris. Thank you for having me. Hope all is well. Everything is great. I was just telling the so story. I don't know if you remember in the FedEx Field press box, uh, maybe 2009, 2010, right? Yeah. Didn't I run into you with the uh, we had we had like lunch or whatever with your son? Was that right?
4: Yeah, it sure was. Yeah. I brought my son down, Matthew, to the game. He's now uh, the receiver coach at the Raiders. Yeah, I sure do. I remember oh, that nice. Well.
3: Okay, all right. I didn't realize he was uh, he was doing that. Good for him, and and a big win for the Raiders last week uh, in Denver, where the Commanders head to uh, next uh, or this Sunday. We'll get into uh, that. All right. Uh, I, I know you've written. Obviously, I got your last book, um, and now I just got your new book last night. So I was trying to rifle through some of it. Football done right. I know, you know, everybody's got opinions and some people think they're, you know, worth whatever. But I always trust a guy who's been around the league and around the game as many uh, years as you and as many smart people uh, that you've worked with and for like Bill Belichick and Bill Parcells and all that. What was the genesis for wanting to do this style book and especially when you got into the top 100 of all time?
4: Well, I, I you know, I worked for some really incredible coaches and leaders and executives, and all of them, from my time with San Francisco with Coach Walsh and then I had Ernie Coursi in 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 Cleveland and Bill Belichick and then the great Al Davis, and then again with Belichick, they all were historians of the game, and they all had a story to tell about the history. And now Davis was not only talking about the history, he was creating the history. So, You know, that was always part of me that I wanted to tell it from a personnel guy's standpoint. I wanted to share a story of things that made me love football. That's why there's a chapter in there on television. That's why there's a chapter in there on, there's a section on Howard Cosell and Brett Musburger about the impact of television as it relates to the game. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like I wanted to, and then I didn't, I wanted to explain the top 100 list through a personnel guy's eyes, how I see it. And it's easy to rank. You know, like, let's put these guys in here. You know, I have 50 wide receivers like they do in the Hall of Fame. Well, you know, when you build a draft board, you can't have all wide receivers. You can have other positions, too, so that's what I tried to do.
3: You start the book uh, in the intro after the forward by Jim Nance. And, I mean, you know, you had Belichick lead your last book. You have Nance here. I mean, some heavy hitters. And you just mentioned some of the guys you worked with uh, and for, so obviously some of your influences. But you start the book uh, by quoting Al Davis saying, you don't work in the NFL, you live in the NFL. I try and tell people all the time, Michael, you know, coaches, I know, listen, there's good coaches, there's bad coaches, there's mediocre coaches. You know, but the amount of hours that these guys put in and the amount of hours that scouts and road executives and GMs put in is just astonishing when we think about it. Right. I I know their physical bodies aren't on the line, but the mental grueling nature of the NFL is ridiculous. But as Al basically said, you don't just work in the NFL, you live in the NFL and and. That's true, right? I mean every part of your yeah. being, even in in the media has been NFL NFL 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and that's what you, the fishbowl that you live in.
4: Right, and but but you
3: love it, right?
4: Yeah. I mean, I've never thought I've worked a day in my life, yeah. even writing this book, I didn't think I was working. I enjoyed it. I learned a lot writing the book, too. It wasn't a it wasn't me lecturing or giving out lessons it was me learning and it was me enjoying it and wish I would have written it 30 30 years ago when Mm -hmm. I started to have a better appreciation and an understanding of all that goes into the game that we love and what's behind the game football is really it really is chess on grass and to understand chess what do most grandmasters of chess do they study prior games from it doesn't matter than it was you know, in the 18th century. They mm-hmm. still study the games to understand it. And that's what I want this book to do. It's like I want people to look back and say, okay, Philadelphia's offense is really great. But that's the single wing. They got that from a former offense. It, they just didn't invent that. That was modified to today, but it came from yesterday. And mm-hmm. if you don't understand that, it's mm-hmm. hard.
3: Yeah, that's a no. That's a really interesting point. <laughs> and just create that overnight, uh, no doubt about it. We'll get to Philadelphia in a second because they're obviously playing on Thursday night football, and they're one zero after beating Belichick and the Patriots. Uh, Michael Lombardi with us again. You can follow him on Twitter at m NFL at m NFL. Watch him on uh, Veasan, uh, of course, the GM Shuffle podcast, a best-selling author, and again, new book Football Done Right out now, uh, and his last book Gridiron Genius. Uh, Uh, Very, very good. Uh, And I I mentioned the forward by Bill Belichick. It sits on my desk as we currently speak. Um, All right, so number one on your top 100 list of all time is Tom Brady. That's exactly how it should be. I've been screaming that from the mountaintop, so obviously I agree. But without giving away too, too much, and I guess I just gave away something big, uh, why Brady over Montana over Peyton Manning, over Johnny U. Why Brady, specifically?
4: Well, I mean, he won seven Super Bowls. He He's one of the few athletes in our lifetime, in, in many people's lifetime, in prior lifetimes, that has beaten Father Time. I mean, he walked away from the game still playing well. He took the team to the playoff that was 32nd in rushing attempts, yeah. 32nd in rushing yards, 32nd in average per rush. He did it by himself, and so... I mean, I was fortunate and been blessed to have seen Joe Montana at the beginning of my career and Brady at the end of my career, and I love Joe Montana. I I, I do. I think it's ridiculous that somebody on the worldwide leader could actually make the claim that he's not a top-five quarterback. You know, I didn't
3: I, I didn't realize that. Oh God, is yeah, that ridiculous? I mean
4: yeah, I mean that, that expert of evaluating quarterbacks and he played the position and he doesn't even know Montana mm. makes me cringe when I think about it. But that besides the point is, you know, you gotta make some decisions. Like I think Unitas has this perception that, you know, he's was too slow and he couldn't play. And I had that perception. I had it. I was sitting in a room with, with uh I was sitting in, at NFL Films with Ernie Accorsi and, and Steve Sabo, and I and I thought, ah, he can't play, and both of them laughed at me because they knew he was quick-minded. They knew he was calling his own place. They didn't protect the quarterback like they do now, Chris. Mm-hmm. You know, And he would have been better. I mean, United, every time he threw the ball, he got hit and knocked yeah. on the ground and he spit blood out. Right. I mean, he was, you know, it was a harder game then. And so I just think to me, you know, like Marino, he got at the end of, that era he was protected more, but some of those guys weren't protected at all. And a lot of the guys that had a play like Unitas and Otto Graham, the offensive linemen could not use their hands. It was a real problem.
3: Michael Lombardi football done right out now, get it where books are sold. Uh, and of course, three times Bowl winning executive uh, and um, you know, all around media specialist uh, covering the NFL. Uh, let me ask you this. You m- mentioned obviously a close relationship you have with Belichick. Um, we know they're zero and one. We know it's been not easy for him on the offensive side since Tommy uh, went to Tampa. Is he in any trouble with Bob Kraft if they if things don't go right this year? Or do you think he is the only coach that basically is impervious and can p- completely call his shots?
4: I mean, look, uh, you know, it, 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 Paul Brown got fired, and and every coach gets fired. Uh, who's a better coach than Bill Belichick? Yeah. Can you find one? I mean, I mean some people have replace, argued
3: Andy Reid, which I, I you know if you're gonna replace
4: if you're gonna replace Belichick, who's gonna replace him that's better than him?
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, true. You
4: know? So I mean, look, whether he's on the I don't know. I, I don't talk to Robert Kraft, so I don't know how he feels. But I know he's a great coach, and I think if you watch the tape of that Philadelphia game and you study the tape, that there was a game there that could have easily been won. Mm-hmm. I think it, the, uh, they held Philadelphia. Now, I want, I want as a, as a Washington fan, you need to re, you need to understand this. That was the first time in in 27 games the Eagles had less that had had the least amount of yards, right. 251, right? Which is fairly impressive. Now, and they stopped them.
3: Yeah, they bottled they, them up,
4: and they controlled the offensive front. I mean. I know that pro football focus, Lane Johnson hasn't given up a pressure since Lincoln was president, <laughs> but but he did in this game.
3: Yeah. And, and, and that's because Bill Belichick and flat-out coach, it doesn't always come down. You shouldn't always be judged by one thing or the other. It's the bigger package. And like you said, who's going to be better than him? It's not Bill O'Brien. It's not, you know – Uh, I don't don't know. It's not uh, Jared Mayo or whoever they're trying to groom there, but whatever. We'll see. Michael Lombardi with us. Football done right again. Available uh, right now. Excellent, excellent stuff. Uh, And, of course, Gridiron Genius and watch him on VEASAN and Odyssey. and uh, Just he's everywhere. Uh, And um, so I wanted to ask you this. Uh, Speaking of Philadelphia, you just mentioned the struggle. With Steichen now in Indianapolis – Is did New England set the footprint for how to bottle them up, or was that just it's week one? It's on the road. It's New England and Belichick, and they'll be fine starting tomorrow night against Kirk Cousins and Minnesota.
4: Well, I mean a little bit of both, right? But I think you have to give you have to also say they didn't do a lot in preseason. Mm -hmm. So you know, like if it's you know they're gonna probably. Improve what they do. It's week one. Everybody has to get better. Nobody's right. a, nobody is perfect in week one of the season. So, look, you're going to have to take away the big plays to AJ Brown. That's what you got to do. You can't let him throw the ball up the field, and you got to hold up in the run game. And you know Washington had the formula last year. I don't think Bill did anything different that Washington didn't do with Del Rio. They played the run well. They held up, and they were able to do the thing. You know, and they they. They got them to turn the ball over, yep. which is hard to do at times. And they got the quarterback to where when he ran, he was not loose out there. I mean, you saw Hurts. You know, he slid a bunch, and they protected the edges of their defense. And they, their defensive front matched up to the offensive line. Not a lot of teams can do that. I don't know if Minnesota can do that you got to be physical and big like Washington is, like New England is, to match up to that really good Eagle offensive line.
3: Yep, all about containing, too, like you mentioned, on the outside and the perimeter uh, as well. Speaking of Washington, Michael, uh, you know, I mean, obviously Arizona is not expected to be great this year, but they certainly gave them a run for their money. Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen took over in the late third quarter and the fourth quarter. You kind of expect that, but what did you see out of Sam Howell? What did you see out of Eric Bieniemy's offense? And again, I know it's just week one, and it's you know everybody's all panicked. But is there any reason for panic on your uh, from your perspective for the Washington offense?
4: Uh, you know, look, I, I think Washington finally decided to avoid losing the game as opposed to trying to win the game. Mm. I mean, that was the only way they were going to lose that game, is if they tried to go out there and beat themselves. And they did for for three quarters of the game. You know, and they didn't give them, you know, and they fall behind. And it was inexcusable to turn the ball over at the end of the half. It's inexcusable to fumble like that. But they got themselves gathered back up, and they found a way to win a game that should have been a game they won rather easily. I still contend this, Chris. I think Washington is a really good running back away from being a legitimate offense. I think they are good; they have good backs. I don't think they have elite backs. I think you see that in the tape, yep. and I think it affects them. And so one of those things I think that helps them is that because they don't have that. And I thought how in his first game with a lot of multiple looks and a lot of different things, he was a little bit hesitant. And I think Eric did a good job in the third and fourth quarter of settling them down and not – Letting him have to win the game himself.
3: By running the football is, is is what you're getting at, right?
4: Well, it's running the football. You know, there's a lot of throws in football mm-hmm. that the scheme gets it, not the quarterback. Yeah, that's true. You know? true. You know, and so give them good scheme throws. You know what Arizona was going to be in by the fourth quarter. You had a pretty good read on how they were going to play you. And so give him some easy throws, and I'm not talking about running screens. I'm talking about throws that he can make, that he's comfortable with. Reduce the game plan down to what he does well. That's Mm -hmm. the key.
3: Do you think Ron Rivera, with everything that we know right now about this commander's team, the defense, what we just talked about, the enemy Howell, the offensive line issues, do you think Ron Rivera is a guy that can get this team over the top, or do you have as little faith as much of the fan base around here has?
4: Well, I mean, he's had three winning seasons in his coaching career, and he's been in the playoffs four times. One of them wasn't a winning season. So, I mean, Ron's got – you know, you asked me the question, is Belichick on the hot seat? And nobody ever thinks Ron's on the hot yeah. seat. It's a oh, remarkable thing. He is. Finish, <laughs> he you is. Yeah. so, it, you know, look, I think Ron – if Ron doesn't call offense and defense, he's got to manage the game and set up the game plan so that he gives himself a chance to win the best way he can. I know he played the game. I understand all that. I know he's a wonderful person. I'm not making this personal. I just think, to me, the pressure is on that staff to win because they have a good enough team to win. You know, they're good they're good on defense. I'm not saying they're elite. They're good. They were good last year on third down, their best third-down team in football. They were good in the red zone on defense. They can't make these stupid mistakes and turn the ball over. And sometimes they're their own worst enemy.
3: The great Michael Lombardi with us. Football done right, available now. I know you've got to run, so I'll ask one quick one. Dallas, obviously dominant on Sunday night. Are they a great team, or are they just a good team, in your eyes, moving well, forward?
4: Well, I think they're a very good team, especially defensively. They're complicated to handle. You've got to have multiple people. Washington will have a hard time blocking them, because Washington's weakness as a team is their offensive line. So, Now, what they did, I thought, was really good. Mike McCarthy was the head coach. He did exactly what you wanted Rivera to do. He got a lead in the game. His defense was playing well, and he was not going to let his offense beat him. And so once he got that lead, I wouldn't say he went to a four-minute offense, but he went to an approach that allowed himself to not lose the game. And I think that's smart. You know, Mike's. Mike's won Super Bowls. Nobody gives Mike credit, but Mike's won Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl, and he's been to playoffs mm-hmm. multiple times. Mm-hmm. He did the right thing. Everybody wants him to load up the stat sheet. Well, the only stat that matters is the win,
3: and that's what he does a lot in the regular season. And now everybody's going to wonder whether they can do it in the postseason, uh, which is more of a Cowboys problem than maybe a Mike McCarthy problem. Uh, Michael, great to catch up with you. Uh, Again, congratulations on the new book, Football Done Right. Uh, Can't wait to uh, dig further into it over the next couple of days uh, and weeks ahead. Always great to catch up with you, my friend, and best of luck to you, uh, your son with the Raiders, uh, and, uh, and everything that you're always doing. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. All right, that is Michael Lombardi. Again, Football Done Right. Check him out. At M. Lombardi, NFL. Good spot there. Appreciate his time. And for him joining us, we'll get back to your calls in just a couple of moments. Uh, Casey Toohill as well. My conversation after Sunday's 20 to 16 win uh, still to come. Right here on the Team 980, always live and free on the Odyssey app.
5: your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port Chicago, Illinois.
3: Alright, once again, the headsets have failed me. We were doing okay since the early mishap, uh, and, and they have let me down once again. Oh, man. Thanks to Michael Lombardi for joining us. Right back to the calls. Casey Tuhill from uh, after Sunday's win. Uh, good conversation with one of the good defensive ends and linemen for this team uh, as they are heading to Denver and finishing up practice as we speak, plus Dumb Dumb of the Day uh, and more. All to come before four o'clock right here on the Team Nine eighty. Let's get back to the phones and uh before we get to Sean, we'll get to Bill in North Carolina on the Odyssey app. What's up, Bill? How are you?
6: Hey, Chris, really well. Uh oh man, you you had to mention Dunkin' Donuts. I used to drive home from work at three o'clock in the morning and I'd stop and get two cream filled donuts and I could mm. drive the rest of the way home in reverse. These mm. things were fantastic, but Anyway, um, I try and avoid. I try on, uh, and
3: avoid the donuts. I, I can tell you, it, it's not easy, but I try and avoid them just because you know, uh, my my girlish physique does not need them. But man, well, a good donut is look is it, so good.
6: The arteries get complacent. Sometimes you got to push them a little bit. You know, you just got to <laughs> kind of wake them up a little bit. But anyway, Chris, hey, one thing I remember on the artificial turf, I remember George Allen down in. Um, Texas stadium one time. And it's just one of those little funny memories. He was kicking at the artificial turf and shaking his head. And it was just one of those little things It it, it infuriated Brandt, And that's why I always loved that memory, but uh, I, I hate this stuff, but what are you going to do? It's there. It's, it's convenient. It was one of those things it's probably something we'll have to live with for a, a long, long time. But, uh, I mean, one thing on this whole, um, uh, Aaron Rodgers debacle, and it, it was sad to me, uh, if not pathetic, but, um, Keith Olbermann, one of these CNN slash MSNBC guys, he's a little bit out in the cheap seats, you know, on, on his best day, but um, I won't get into. It. I I'm the most apolitical guy, Chris, on the on the planet. The short lines of D.C. and governments and all the rest of it don't keep me awake at night. But that said, I, I don't get into these controversies and all the rest of it, but... Um, I apparently Oldmerman had a, a problem with Rogers um politics on the COVID thing. And as the grease man used to say, BFD, big deal, you know, if you want to get the shot or do I, I I I said I I don't care. He's a, he's an athlete. But um Almerman the other night, he seemed to be gleeful uh because of those politics that Rogers got injured and I couldn't believe it. It was ghoulish. I, I watched the TV and I saw this and I said Who let this guy out of his out of his casket to fly around at night? It was just bizarre, and I thought I I I just couldn't believe it. It Well, you know, people get
3: mad at me for having strong opinions or different unconventional spins and 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 thoughts and whatever. Like everybody's mad at me on Twitter uh, about you know me making a suggestion that the NFLPA should. I don't know if it's really important to them. They should maybe collectively bargain it or invest or, you know, try and put their foot forward. Right. So everybody gets mad at everybody, but like in your, in in this case that you're citing, like a, it's irresponsible to be happy that somebody got injured one. And regardless of your political views, listen, I was totally, totally and completely against Aaron Rodgers' stance on the vaccine, totally and completely against it. But I would never, ever, 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 ever root for him to get hurt and for his maybe career, you know, to end. I, I mean, because that's that that's being an immature, silly idiot.
6: Well, that's the thing. I had a job at a, in a hospital for a while, and they used to wheel these COVID patients past my desk, and I, I wanted every shot in the book. I said, hey, bring them on if there's something new. I want it. But that said, you can't say something like this. And to be gleeful at an injury, a career-threatening inju- injury, was just... Yeah, bizarre, and it was. I thought it was just shameful. But anyway, Keith Oberman's always been, you know, as said, a little bit out there, right. in the ozone. And it's who cares? Consider but, uh, the context that, is
3: what is what I would say. Consider the context, you know, or or yeah, or the or the character go. of the person too. I mean, you know, yeah, in my opinion, yeah, Keith yeah, Oberman does one is. good thing nowadays. It's just my opinion, and that's he tries to get dogs that are, you know, about to be euthanized adopted. Yeah. So. That's what he yeah, does. Well, there wow. you go. There you go. Well,
6: there's one in the plus column. Thank there you, you, Bill. Go. I, 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 pre-
3: the- <laughs> I appreciate you. Thanks good to hear me. from you. Uh, care, I appreciate you. Uh let's squeeze in Sean in Miami here before the uh Casey Two Hill conversation. What's up, Sean? How are you?
7: Hey, Rooster, long
3: time listener. Yeah, thanks, hey, Sean. Listen- appreciate. Uh sorry about the long hold. No, nah, it's all good. Hey,
7: preset number one. If I still lived in Maryland, thank God for the Odyssey. My yeah. guy, my guy. <laughs> hey, uh you got to give me one of them crows before the call after the conversation. All right, uh, we'll,
3: we'll get your rooster crow uh, fired up here in a in, in, in a second. No doubt about it. We can take care of that.
7: Right, right. Uh, man, I was calling. Hey, the that Dallas defense. You kind of beat me to the question with Mike Lombardi. Mm-hmm. I was calling about Dallas' defense. I mm-hmm. mean, is it that good or is just. Jimen, not that good.
3: Well, the, the, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the Giants were not good. Let's start with that. But, I I mean, I, so many people will talk about Micah Parsons, but the thing for me is it's way more than Micah Parsons. I mean, it's Diggs and also now uh, Stefan Gilmore on the back end at the corner, so they're stronger there. They got a couple of pretty decent safeties. Uh, as long as Vander Esch stays healthy, he's pretty good still at the linebacker spot. And, I think their defensive line is criminally underrated. Now, listen: is it better because of Micah Parsons? Of course, but as, if Demarcus Lawrence is healthy, that dude's still an animal. He's still a beast, and yeah. they're you know, and they've got some good rotational pieces as well. So, yeah, I, I mean, everybody, I think. I, I mean, look, Zach Wilson. Like, I shouldn't pick against the Jets and think that the Jets have no chance. But on a short week with Zach Wilson on the road and that offensive line, it is almost impossible for me to think that Zach Wilson is going to be anything more than anemic against that Cowboys defense this week. Now, a better offense, well, we'll see, and we'll see about injuries. But right now, hard to imagine that they're not, I mean, maybe them in San Francisco, right, the two best defenses in the NFL clearly.
7: So how about them? How about them Eagles that that won by five? That that was a little odd.
3: Yeah, but you I know, was, as Lombardi that- as Lombardi explained, if you don't get creased on, you know, some of the uh, RPO stuff and some of the the the, um, the you know the quarterback mobility things, if you are disciplined and you seal the edges and you tackle and you don't over pursue or overrun things, and especially if you can create a turnover or two, then you can beat the Eagles. You can control them. And Washington, sure, they created four turnovers uh, on that Monday night last November. You're not always going to get that. But if you are disciplined and if you tackle and if you don't, again, over-aggressively pursue things, which is the problem with some players, some teams, some schemes, then you can – at least neutralize Philadelphia. And remember, they've got a lot more tape on them. I mean, Belichick had months to prepare for Jalen Hurts and that offense without Shane Steichen. So that didn't really surprise me, and I think we'll see a better version of the Eagles tomorrow night.
7: Yeah, one more thing. Uh, I'd like to see what Wilson get out on the edge because that would be the last time he hits the edge on our defense. I think our defense, he get out to that edge, our
3: defense. That's a good point. That's a good point. As long as he doesn't break you down in coverage, we'll have a Broncos preview uh, coming up. Sean, great to hear from you. Thanks, pal. Appreciate it on the Odyssey app, uh, and thanks for hanging in there. We will get uh, to as many calls as we can, but coming up next, Casey Hill. Of the Washington Commanders, I caught up with him after the game on Sunday. Good conversation with one of the good young rotational pieces. He's been around for longer than you think. Certainly longer than I thought, as he pointed out in our conversation. That's next, right here on the Team 980, always live and free on the Odyssey app. All right, the Nationals officially announcing a multi-year contract extension with President of Baseball Operations and General Manager Mike Rizzo this morning. He also joined the Junkies, gave details on the Steven Strasburg situation, the contract talks, and what was important to him, i.e. Davey Martinez. And for the clubhouse, hear the entire interview at theteam980.com or on the Odyssey app. Just go to the Junkies, 9 o'clock. Uh, and Mike Rizzo, his weekly chat with the junks right there as he is in the middle of his 15th year running the baseball operations for uh, Washington. They are once again at Pittsburgh tonight, 635 first pitch, 106.7, the Nationals Radio Network, the Odyssey app. Right now, Tampa and Minnesota, 4-4 in the bottom of the eighth Cubs with a one nothing lead and threatening for more in the top of the second at Colorado. And that's what's trending. All right, good to have you with us, Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Last 20 minutes of the show, Craig Hoffman coming up at four o'clock. Before we get to Dum Dum of the day, and instead of swimming with the fishes, someone went swimming with sharks, and we'll tell you what also she did. Thanks to our buddy Jeff in Vienna. Mm-mm. Wait till you hear this story. Before we get there. One of the guys on the offense on the defensive line that is responsible for taking care of business and part of a very good rotation is Casey Twohill. Caught up with him in the Commander's locker room after Sunday's win. So a couple of days ago, uh, but in the aftermath of the Commanders season opening win, we haven't had a chance to play it yet. So here's Casey Twohill, defensive end of the Washington Commanders. All right, with Casey Hill down here in the Commander's locker room after a season-opening victory, I mean, I know it didn't go exactly the way you
8: guys wanted to, but a win is a win in this league, right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's the thing about openers, right? Like, you got to shake some of the rust off. You know, preseason might be a little bit different. You get that week off. So, you know, I'm happy with the effort we had, both offensively and defensively. We'll take a look at it uh, this week, clean it up, and then – Get better, move forward.
3: You've been a part of this defensive rotation for what now? A year and a half, or whatever it is. Uh, maybe a little bit more than that. Four. I mean, this will
8: be my fourth. Uh,
3: more than that. Gosh, time God, flies. Time flies. My God, my bad on that. Um, I mean, obviously, you guys took over this game in the fourth quarter as as a unit. Is that just the sign of depth, the sign of experience, the sign of playing together, all that?
8: You know, we just we got a great unit, and I think we're we're all very close. We've been together for a while. You know, we've had the had the same coaches for a while. We're just we're ready to go, and I think we've we've really uh, you know preached starting fast, which I, I mean I think we did a fairly decent job of. But then also just you know sustaining our effort throughout, and I think you know we did that really well, and um, yeah, just happy with how we came out today.
3: Um, when you can rotate like you guys are able to do, even with Chase not being there, even sure. with some of the other guys, how much does that help you with your legs in the fourth quarter and to have that extra juice? <laughs>
8: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just always great to have a rotation. You know what I mean? Because it's football's a very, very taxing game. So if you can have a guy that, like, I know if, if I get tired or James gets tired, we can come in, we can rotate, get a fresh pair of legs. In. And I think you know offenses often don't rotate like that. So right. the old line, they're doing long drives, they're tired. Right. So you get someone fresh in there, they can get after them. And I think you know we've had we've all had a lot of experience. You know, and it's, again, yeah, James i his fourth year here, and uh, just a great group of guys. And so yeah, I think we are all very comfortable. You know, helping each other out, rotating that just keeps everyone fresh
3: the crowd obviously i mean uh, the talk amazing. of course with the new ownership yeah. the crowd the home field advantage i mean i, I you just said it was amazing yeah. <laughs> i assume you could feel it the entire game right yeah
8: you know what's funny i, yeah. I driving in because i get to the the locker room pretty early i just saw so many more people than i've ever seen tailgating and it was just, like, they were here so early. And I was like, okay, like, you heard the hype, you heard the sellout, whatnot. But then to just see that firsthand, I was like, okay, get ready. And then you're out there. It was the loudest I've ever heard it. You know, the fans did a great job. So much energy. And, I mean, we love that. We feed off that. So got to try to keep that going.
3: Uh, obviously, you know, you did your thing, James. Uh, you know, Jonathan Allen had, yeah. you know, some moments. But hard to deny the impact of Montez. Oh, Yeah, I mean, always.
8: I mean, he's he's just, you know, he's – Tez is just – Always just been a great player, like ever since his rookie year. I'm, all, you know, I've always respected him, and it's just he, he just has he is he is impacts in games where it might not even be on the stat sheet. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He's just so long, uh, you know, so athletic, and he's just he's a great teammate too, which I really appreciate about him. And yeah, he had a he had a great day, did a little bit of everything today. Yeah. You know, with the the TFLs, the sacks, the fumble recoveries, forced fumbles, and whatnot. He he did a great job today, and I couldn't be happy for him.
3: You know, on a uber talented defensive line like this, a guy like yourself always shows up for me in little ways in different ways but you know maybe you don't get the credit that you probably deserve because there's so many big names is you know that what,
8: is that something that you know what I, I've always thought and I've, I've heard this quote a lot it's like I, I I might butcher this but you're doing the best the team is doing the best when no one cares who gets the credit you know what I mean so I personally you know we all have egos you know we're human right. but I personally have just got myself to a place where I try to just focus on improvement You know, getting better year after year. And I think I've really done that. And that's what matters to me. And then we have such a great room that, you know, we just Mm feed off each other. And I think. I'm a much better player because I try to, you know, live up to the standard that John Payne, Chase, Tez, all those guys set. So I just, you know, try to, you know, keep it simple, focus on improvement, and then I think that just will help make the team better at the end of the day.
3: Uh, obviously, I know you want to enjoy this one, rest, relax. But you know, we look ahead. Week sure. two, Russell Wilson on the road. Yeah. I, I know he had his struggles, but much different. Maybe not a much different challenge, but a different challenge sure. waiting ahead in Denver.
8: Yeah, I mean, that's a tough place to play. You know, there is a little bit of altitude stuff like that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, you know, when I was in college, I definitely noticed a, a difference, and we played there before. But, you know, it's going to be a great challenge. I think they're going to be a great team. I mean, we'll we'll see them. I don't know what time they play today, if they've already played. But play uh, yeah, later. they're playing now. Okay, yeah. so check that out. You know, prepare for them, but I think – I mean, anytime you have a quarterback like Russell Wilson, you're a threat. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see uh, what type of challenges they they pose. But I think we're excited and we're ready to start prepping for him.
3: Uh, one one more on that. Sure. Again, I know it's early, very early sure. in the week. You just got done playing a game. Is it hard when uh, it, it, just kind of hone in on what they do best when there's only one real game of tape, which you guys, sure. you know. We'll get a look at but when there's only one real
8: game of tape as opposed to a good question And I think that's often kind of what people don't think about but um, For us, I think having one game is better than having no games Mm -hmm. I think this game's even harder Mm -hmm. All you have is a little bit of preseason than last year which is guys change guys are better They do different things, you know, you never know what you're gonna get an opener So at least we'll have that so that's nice to have one game but yeah, you can't hone in too much on it because you know teams' game plan and they have certain things. But you just gotta play your keys, trust your rules. I think our coaches do an excellent job of getting us prepared, so just trust that and we'll go. Let yeah. it rip.
3: And I mean, obviously, one game in Sean Payton's scheme. I mean, we, you have more than one game on Russell Wilson totally, totally. in Denver, but exactly, exactly.
8: But yeah, we'll see what he's doing. Look at, I'm sure we'll look at the Saints right. and and stuff like that. So looking forward to doing that and yeah, seeing seeing you know what type of team they are. But I'm expecting them to be a very good teams. So. Congratulations on the win. Thanks Thank for you. joining us. Appreciate, Appreciate
3: it. All right, Commander's defensive end, Casey Chuhill. You can just see, I, I mean, here, hopefully, how smart he is and how good of a talker he is. Uh, I don't think he gets enough credit. Like every game, he'll make one or two plays that it, just go, oh, yeah, Casey Chuhill. You know who was really good also on Sunday that got no credit? I mean, I noticed him two different times, maybe three. Abdullah Anderson. He was really good. In a couple of spots. This defensive line, even without Obata, without Federian Mathis, I mean, if John Allen truly is healthy and not bothered by the plantar fasciitis, even without Chase Young, this defensive line is still capable of kicking ass and taking names. And they're deep, even without all of those guys. Think about that without all of those guys. 301-230-0980. I don't know why I'm giving out the number. We're not going to be able to take more calls. Uh, We will do this. We'll come back with some final thoughts and uh, dum-dum of the day. All right, last couple of minutes of the radio showgram here in case you missed Casey 2 Hill, my conversation with him after the game on Sunday, but still I thought a good conversation, get you ready for the Denver Broncos. Um try and get you some uh stuff from out there in Ashburn uh before we exit stage left, but first, first we have to tell you about somebody very well To say special would be wrong, but somebody that, well, you know, she deserves all the criticism that's about to come her way. It's time for Dumb Dumb of the Day. All right. Once again, we take you to the dumbest state in the union. That would be Florida. Again, more dumb people per square inch. It must be the heat and the humidity. It just wears you out. (gasps) A Florida mom abandoned her two-year-old toddler son in a still-running vehicle to do what? To go swimming and to quote-unquote meet sharks, according to cops. Now, Jeff and Vienna sent this, and it's via the New York Post, and I've seen some of the video. She's literally out swimming in the water next to, like, some sort of, like, mini cruise vessel. I don't know what the hell she's doing. And she gets arrested and brought out on, uh, what do they call those? The, uh, um, you know, at docks, um, you know, the, like, the kind of runway things? What, what is it? A pier. A pier. There you go. Thank you. She gets dragged out on the pier, you know, wearing a bikini or two-piece or whatever. Uh, and again, she left her two-year-old son in a car to not only do that, but to not only go swimming, but apparently, again, to quote-unquote, meet sharks. So... Somehow, someway, they found out that she had, again, abandoned her son. And NBC2 News in Florida, again, got this on video from an overhead. A fisherman noticed that Allison Darty was swimming out in the water and had left her son. I mean, come on. She was charged with one, cha- uh, one count of, of child neglect. And she should be thrown in jail for the rest of her life. Like, these people don't deserve to have children. I'm sorry. Like, everybody makes mistakes. I make mistakes all the time. How do you leave a two-year-old in a car, running or not running? Air conditioning or no air conditioning? Locked or not locked? How do you do this? And yet, she's going to be out running the streets in God knows how long. Maybe she'll serve a little community service. Maybe she'll be fined. Maybe she'll have to spend one night in a jail. And she's going to be allowed to be a mom again. And then what? And listen, again, people make mistakes all the time. How do you do that to your kid? How do you do that to your kid? What part of you thinks, hey, I'm going to go swimming, trying to find some sharks, which is not the smartest idea in the world anyway, while leaving my kid in a car in Florida? Again, regardless of air conditioning or not, a two-year-old. I mean, you know, I don't know. When I'm with Tyler, who does have special needs, but he's 22, right? Like, if I'm going literally into, I don't know, uh, Harris Theater or whatever, I might say, Ty, do you want to come with me? Not come with me, whatever. And usually he'll come with me. He always wants to be with his dad. But, you know, every once in a while he'll say, nah, I'm going to stay in the car. He's 22. And even though he has special needs, I, you know, again, he's 22. He's not two.
8: Do you think you'd say no if your suggestion for going out was to go find some sharks? Maybe she was looking
3: for the sharks that provide gambling information to That's, all the gamblers. Maybe she
8: pulled a mean accidentally mistook the sharks that uh are offshore for right. she in with right. the sharks right. and with Instead it being the football sharks, season, right. she was she, trying to find yeah. the sharks so she was she trying to find the sharks. Bets.
3: Exactly. So she could get like a, a little advance on the smell test on Friday. You know, the Sharks off the coast of Cambodia who have all the information, who know exactly what's going to happen, who can see through their crystal ball, their sharp crystal ball, what's going to exactly happen this Saturday and Sunday. Or what's going to happen Friday night in College Park, Maryland and Virginia. What's going to happen Sunday in Denver. I was, by, by the way, speaking of not Sharks and not Sharp, I think it was 3-3 and in my Sunday six-pack picks the other day. Not good. Not good enough. I mean, I thought it was a pretty easy week and I still uh, I had Atlanta minus the 3.5 over Carolina, Cleveland plus the 1.5 over Cincy, Jacksonville minus the 5 over Indy. I lost on New Orleans minus 3 over Tennessee, Minnesota minus 5 over Tampa, and the Commanders minus 7 over Arizona. I was off to a 3-0 and start and then I crapped the bed and went three and three. Now see if I was again swimming with the sharks in the Florida Everglades and left my kid all alone in a hot car. My two-year-old kid, which I don't have anymore. I would have been smarter because the sharks would have given me information that was necessary for me to beat the books. Or I should have gone to bet QL. Ah. Anyway, lady, you should be locked away forever and they should throw the key away. And let the Sharks eat that. Congratulations.
1: You're Chris's dum-dum of the day.
3: All right, final minute of the show. Craig Hoffman coming up next. Again, thanks to Michael Lombardi. Football done right. If you missed any of it, hit the Odyssey Rewind feature. Matt will have it podcast for you at theteam980.com, theteam980.com, or on the Odyssey app. Again, simply every hour, all labeled. He's got it all up for you. Uh, does a great job, easy to listen to, easy to consume. Uh, Please, please, please spread the word. Michael Lombardi and as well Casey Tuhill in this final hour. Lombardi at 3.05 and Tuhill just about 3.35. Two good conversations there. Lots of good calls in the first uh, two hours of the show on mostly the NFL, NFLPA uh, turf debate and as well a little Grant versus Robert uh, and some Broncos and Commanders talk. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks to everybody involved Vault, especially Matt Essig, who is chasing skunks away at the Bowie Bay Sox. Again, or maybe not. We'll be back together tomorrow afternoon, and we'll have a special in studio guest. Details on that coming tomorrow morning on Twitter or X at WrestleMania61. Craig Hoffman next. Adios.